Welcome to TOA Talks, the podcast from the town of Ajax. I'm your host, Devin Jarvis, the Supervisor of Communications and Engagement. And on today's episode, recorded in the Ajax Public Library, McLean Community Center branch, Makerspace, we're talking with Chief Librarian and Executive Officer, Sarah Basler. On today's episode, we get into why Sarah loves working with the Ajax Library team and the Ajax community, the makerspace at the McLean Community Center and all it has to offer, some exciting upcoming initiatives for the Ajax Public Library. TOA Talks. Hello, Ajax. Thank you for tuning in to TOA Talks. Today, I have Sarah Vaisler with me. Sarah is the Chief Librarian and Executive Officer for the Ajax Public Library. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. So before we get started here, we actually have a quick icebreaker. So Sarah, if you could choose a paper from the bowl, I'll read it out loud. All right, this is a good one. Do you have a secret talent? And if you don't, what talent do you wish you had? I do not have a secret talent. What you see <laughs> is what you get. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> very transparent, open book. But if I did have a secret talent, it would be playing the guitar. I've always wanted to play the guitar. I just think it's a really transportable instrument that you can take anywhere. It kind of builds community and fosters fun everywhere it goes. Anybody who can pick up a guitar and sing around a campfire, you know they're going to be a good time. 100%. I thought the exact same way and I convinced my parents to put me in guitar lessons as a kid. I still cannot play the guitar. Well, you tried. (laughs) (laughs) I tried my best. Didn't work out. (laughs) Try the uke. Try the ukulele. Exactly, right? All right. Well, with that, um, we'll get into the real meat of this discussion today about the Ajax Public Library. So Sarah, being the chief librarian and executive officer for the Ajax Libraries, can you explain to listeners what your day-to-day may look like? I'd be happy to. But first, let me tell you what it's not. I want to dispel a myth. (laughs) We do not, as librarians, sit around and read books all day. And you don't shush people all day? We don't shush people. But everybody <laughs> asks me, you know, when they're like, what do you do? Do you just sit around and read? No, there's no time for reading. <laughs> uh, but to answer your question, what does my day-to-day look like? In a word, it's variety. Um, it changes all the time. So you might see me sitting at my desk reading or writing reports. You might see me on the floor de-escalating conflict. You could find me in other libraries learning about industry best practices Or I could be at a meeting. I could be at a council meeting, a team meeting, a town meeting. Uh, I could be down at Queen's Park. But really, the constant is leadership. We have three branches. Uh, It's an in-person service. And so I believe that being a leader is also about being present. And so presence matters. And so that's why I don't really know where I'm going to be. Today, I'm here in the booth at the McLean branch, which is very (laughs) exciting. Um, But I don't know what it's going to look like until I open my, my calendar that morning. Right. And it's not like the library is just somewhere where you only check out books. Like you have a marketing team, you have staff who work on community events. So there's a little bit more going on than just really thinking about the actual physical branches and the physical books as well. Absolutely. We are running a medium sized business. We are a business uh, with a finance team and a marketing team and a technology team. And of course, our customer service team. Uh, It is a business and that's how we run it. We have our key performance indicators that we want to meet each target. Um, And so that's why it's so different. And because it's a medium sized business, I get to be kind of like a business owner in some respects. Um, And so I wear lots of different hats and it keeps me very busy. 
Right. No, and I don't think a lot of people would actually consider that. Even your title, really the short form for it is Clio. So very similar to CEO. (laughs) And I don't think people would think about that for a chief librarian. But um, it is an interesting point for listeners to kind of get to know a little bit more of the inner workings of that. Yeah, no, it's fabulous. And I mean, I think a lot of uh, people in my role have similar types of roles where Mm -hmm. that's what we're doing. We're leading people, we're dealing with change, but we also report to a library board. And I think that's what people don't really understand about public libraries is that we are really great partners with our municipalities. And in this case, the town of Ajax, and we love this partnership. We love that we get to do stuff like this. Right. But really, it is the library board, this group of volunteers, nine volunteers, and a council member makes up that group of nine, and they are the owners of the library. They're the governing okay. body that I report to. So I report to that group each month, uh, and they lead the direction of where they think the library should be going and how we should best serve the community. And how do people get appointed to that board? Because I actually didn't even know that myself. Yeah. So the appointee process does officially happen through council. It's a council appointed board. But if you're interested in being a part of the board, we do have an application process. Mm -hmm. So our board term aligns with the municipal council term. Which makes it a little bit easier. Absolutely. So it's a four-year term. We do sometimes have mid-year appointments because people's lives change, right? right? Um, And when that happens, sometimes we pull, pull on our existing pool. If there's somebody who can, you know, make our make it a good fit Mm -hmm. because the important thing with the board is that it is as diverse as the community that we serve right so we're not interested in having one group of similar people we want to make sure that the people who own it for the community look like the community have to serve the needs of the community exactly Uh, so we have a matrix and people apply and we meet with them and we interview them and then our committee puts forth a recommendation to town council in terms of who we think might be the best people to serve on the board right and then council makes that formal appointment oh that's really cool actually thank you for sharing that sarah And I think that is a great segue a little bit into my next question, which is, can you touch on a little bit on how you got to where you are today in your current role? This is great. I wanted to be a spy. Amazing. Very similar jobs, library and spy. (laughs) Yeah. Want to be a spy, somehow got into public libraries, Uh, but I started my academic career doing a business management degree with a focus on public policy, thinking that I was going to work for CSIS. (laughs) And then in along that line, I wanted to get my Master of Information Studies so I could be the master of all research and intelligence. Makes sense. And then I was just going to like, you know, be the, on the next uh, 24 episode and I was, it was going to be great. But instead, I ended up at Public Libraries, which I actually think is a really great fit because I get to make a difference in local communities. And I love the town of Ajax because it is the perfect size, right? right? It's a place where we can really see a difference quickly and we are agile. Um, and I'm just delighted that it's all kind of worked out. So I'm going to assume you didn't you know, graduate from your master's in university and immediately become a Clio. Um, I'm going to assume maybe you started in a more entry-level role, perhaps. Um, 
Were you always with Ajax? How did you kind of make your way to Clio? Yeah, so I started working in special libraries right from my undergraduate program, working Mm -hmm. at a health library. When I was living in Toronto, I actually ended up working for a lot of law firms. And so I would do loosely filing late at night. Nobody ever saw me. I was like a little (laughs) troll on the bookshelves. Um, And I was keeping everybody's information up to date. And I got my first job covering a maternity leave in a law firm, and there were just so many details. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I quickly realized that while I'm capable of doing that, I, I can make myself look at those little nitty-gritty details. I really don't like it, and I don't trust myself with it. So I would end up billing clients time for doing something like legislation tracking, mm-hmm. where I would have to go to the Ontario Legislative Library. And then during my lunch hour, because I wasn't confident in that detail work, I would go back and check it. Um, So I really didn't like it. And then I had an opportunity to work out at our neighboring municipality in Clarington. Mm -hmm. And a job came up as their marketing manager. Okay, cool. And, you know, the rest is sort of history. I kind of started that job, got really involved, uh, fell in love with public libraries and the difference that they make. Mm -hmm. And I kind of grew in the ranks over at Clarington. And then when the opportunity here in 2019, it was first posted to come to Ajax, I heard nothing but good things about Ajax. You know, the reputation here is so strong. And people said, oh, you're going to love Ajax. Like, they're so modern. They're so with it. Like, Ajax gets it. Uh, That's where you want to be. And they were right. I love hearing that. That's actually such a great story. And even better, what do you love about working for Ajax and what part do you find the most challenging? I love the people. I I love the people both that I get to work with and I love the people that we serve. To me, it's all about people. Um, And, you know, in terms of the people that I work with, the team at the Ajax Public Library loves what they do. Right, whether it's reading stories to children, opening up beautiful spaces like this, telling the message of libraries, they love it. They bought, they're bought in, and they're super duper committed. Working with a passionate group of people is such a blessing. It's amazing. It just makes such a big difference. Like you know, there are clock watchers. Big joke, right? The people you look at the parking lot. This is such a great anecdote. But look around your parking lot. Are people pulling in to work, or are they backing into work? Because right. people who back into work. They're efficient. They're ta- they're thinking. All- they're not thinking about their day at work. They're thinking about when they get to leave work. Yeah. Right. And you look around the Ajax parking lot. That's not what you see. You don't see a lot of people backing in. People are pulling in forward, eyes ahead, looking at what the day is in front of them. Uh, and that's the same thing that I feel with the town. Like I I love working with the town, and so the people here are awesome. Um, the people that we serve, though. Even better, uh, because the people in Ajax want to participate. It's true. It's very true. Our community is so engaged. They're so engaged. And so when we throw a program or an event, like people actually show up and mm-hmm. in numbers. Yeah, and they're excited to, and you feel like your hard work has paid off. Right. It's awesome. Um, and it's a diverse group. And like that's one of the coolest things about Ajax is that it, it is really a diverse community that we serve. Mm-hmm. That also, for libraries in particular, makes it a little bit more challenging. So libraries pride themselves on being representative and a reflection of the communities that we serve. Right, which makes total sense. They should. Absolutely. Uh, But it does make it more challenging. We have to sort of double down on our efforts to make sure that our programming is as inclusive as the cultures that we serve, Mm -hmm. as well as our collections, 
Right. And so, and by collections, I mean the materials, the books, the things that we actually loan. Like books, audio books, movies, games, That's because right. it's more than just books, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we are, we are at the mercy of publishers. So I have to tell you my capital L librarian story. So I'm going <laughs> to like tighten up my library hat because we've worked really, really hard at trying to be as representative of our community as we possibly can be, mm-hmm. but we can't do that all alone. So in 2022, our collections team, the people who buy all of our stuff, they ran a diversity audit because we wanted to know how diverse is our collection actually, right? right? And anecdotally, we figured that most of our collection, because this is not, you know, we're not the only public library. Of course. (laughs) Many of us, we talk. Um, Anecdotally, we knew that most of our material is probably going to be written by white people about white people. Right. Right. So, but we want to know, we really want to know what is the number. Mm-hmm. So our team went through our collection and looked at 20,000 individual wow. items, 20,000 20, books, opened them up. They didn't read right. them, but they <laughs> opened them up and they looked for who's the author, who are the main characters, who are the sub characters, right. Yeah. To see like, does this look like the community that we serve? And we, we kind of got some bad news, but we figured we would 16.4%. Mm-hmm. of the books and things were of a diverse nature. So basically like a non-white character or right. author. And so we said like, oh, this is this is not good. Yeah, not good enough. Yeah. Not good. So we have committed every year to increasing that by 2%. And we okay. do that by changing the requirements, our purchasing requirements with our vendors, with selectors. Um, the library industry is really pushing hard at publishers because publishers mm-hmm. need to start buying things. So it's more than just Ajax, oh, it's other it's, municipal libraries as well. It's a systemic problem, mm-hmm. right? It's everywhere. Um, and so there has been a change, there has been a shift. Um, and we have been able to capitalize that and tweak on every single one of our purchasing criteria to make sure that we're making a difference. So now when we look at our materials, Overall, we went from 16.4% of a diverse nature to now we're at 18.4%. So it's 2%. It's one year. It sounds small, but every change is from incremental steps, Mm -hmm. any change. And so that's what we have to do. Every year, we're going to make that incremental difference because it's important that people see books and read books or see DVDs and games that look like themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll share with you like a personal anecdote, like my family is a mixed family. And so I want my daughter to see things that look just like her. Right. Like that's important to her. And she makes note of it and she will read a book and she'll say like, oh my gosh, that, that princess looks like me. And that's an important thing for all community members to see. You're seeing it firsthand. That's right. Irrespective of where you come from, you want to feel represented in the things that you read, see, and do. Right. And I think that actually kind of brings up a good point here in general of, Sarah, why are public libraries important for the community in general? Public libraries are important because... Just as I said, people want to see themselves reflected in what they read, see, and do, Mm -hmm. but also because we are the last free democratic space. So a public library is kind of like a park. You don't have to pay to play. Right. 
you can just come in and be. Um, and we're a four-season country, right? There are days like today where being a, at a park isn't what you want to do. And you can come to the library, you can spend time, you can explore your own interests, you can find a book that may or may not align with your values or opinions. And that's really important because how can we learn and grow and think without being exposed to different types of ideas? And that's a concept that libraries call intellectual freedom, the idea that free people read freely. Right. And that was a good point that you brought up before as well, though, about even the weather. Um, the library acts as a cooling center in the summer. It acts as a warming center in the winter. Um, you know, a friend of mine, when she was in university, she was paying her full way right at 18. And she would use the library system for internet because she couldn't afford internet um, where she was living at that time. And so I think it's important to note again, yeah, it's not just about reading a book or checking a book out. It's all these other services for our community. And are there any other services that you think are really important for the community, but you also think that maybe people might not know about? Well, I mean, I think the makerspace is a great one. Um, here we have uh, a chance for people to come learn and explore different types of technology and tools. And maybe that's new technology like this booth that we're in, uh, which also includes things like our laser cutter, bring in a piece of wood. Oh, yeah, that was so cool. Right? When I saw that demonstration, I love that. Yeah, yeah. bring in a, here, here's a great holiday gift idea, everybody. Bring in a cutting board and engrave it with a laser cutter. Put somebody's name in it. So new technology, but also old technology that maybe we should still know how to use. So people used to hem their own pants. Right. This was a skill that most people had. We'd have kind of lost that over time, right. right? And nobody maybe has room in their house for a sewing machine, but you still have to hem your pants. Right. So come here, use those old technologies, make something, make something in our makerspace. That's really cool, actually. I never even really considered that. And the makerspace is at the McLean branch, right? Yep. The yep. makerspace is at the McLean branch. And it is supposed to be a flexible space. The idea that people come in with the idea that they want to create something, they want to do something, they literally just want to make something. Um, and that person can explore their own ideas. And we have staff here every hour that we're open to help people do that. They're not going to do it for you. Right. But show you the way. And then maybe next Absolutely. time you don't have to ask for help. Absolutely. And the idea is that we learn together because our staff are, you know, learning all the time, our team, and we expect them to learn with people coming in. So I have to do a plug for my favorite tool, which is the embroidery machine. Oh, yeah. The best thing for gifts, bring in your ball cap, bring in a t-shirt, bring in a lunch bag, bring in your kid's backpack, write their name on it. Like, who yeah, customize it. Customize it. Who doesn't want a personalized gift? It's true. Or, you know, you have kids who are school-aged. You can put their name on everything goes to school with them. That's no more right. losing it. No more losing it. It's yeah. embroidered right there. Yeah. yeah, we know this is Sarah's. That's right. Sarah Baszler's. <laughs> yeah, can't lose it. Love it. Um, and so actually, you know, I think um, we've been speaking about the makerspace here a lot and all the great portions um, of it or the aspects of it, I suppose. But what really is a makerspace in the true sense of the word for maybe people who haven't heard about a makerspace? Um, so now we know from this conversation, there's all these really cool things in here, but what is a makerspace and why do we have it? A makerspace is a place where people can literally make something. Mm -hmm. 
like make a thing. And so here in Ajax, we've created a dedicated space that is got people here ready to help you anytime you come in. Um, and you can come in and use a tool, drop in at any time. So the idea being that, you know, some of these tools and equipment that we have are either large and bulky or they're expensive, or they're something that maybe you're only going to use once or twice a year. Right. And why do we need to continue buying things if, if we can, um, when in actual fact, we can just come in and explore the tools. Yep. And quite frankly, I think for some people, it might change what they think they want to do with their life. Like maybe you think that you want to be um, a computer programmer, but then you come in and you actually make something tactile. Like there is a connection to humans and being able to touch, feel and hold something. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we could like change the trajectory of somebody's life just by coming in the booth. And right. maybe they're watching this TOA talks or they're listening to this TOA talks. They think, I want to do something like that. Yeah. But they don't want to, they can't just do it without buying all the stuff. So don't right, buy which all is a huge stuff. investment. Huge. Come and try it. See if you like it and then go explore. And you, this could take you a really long way or it could just be your entry into your next big thing. So kind of similar, because I know the makerspace is a new space, um, but separate from the makerspace. What do you think is the most exciting project or initiative your department has implemented that you think the community will want to hear more about? You know, there's two things I want to touch on. The first is what's coming up. We have entered a really fantastic partnership with Grandview Kids. Mm -hmm. And as uh, some of our listeners may know, Grandview Kids is putting in a new building on North Harwood Road, which is going right. to be fabulous. They're new headquarters. And I can remember listening to a council meeting where they were talking about how they wanted to put in a resource center. Mm -hmm. uh, and a resource center to me sounded a lot like a library. And I said, like, yeah. maybe they need help. Right. So we approached them. We heard about your new facility. It's going to be amazing. Opening in uh, 2024. Uh, we, we heard about this resource center. Do you need help? And they said, like, absolutely. Oh, amazing. Right. And I'm like, we know how to run libraries. So we're actually going to be opening a Ajax Public Library Grandview Kids branch right okay. in their facility. So here's this opportunity where the library is reaching out and going to where people need us. So this branch will be open to all community members, but it will be specifically targeted for Grandview kids and their families. Okay. So that people coming in, you know, might see the best sellers, but then they'll also see a collection that is specifically geared towards that audience. And Sarah, just um, for some of our listeners who might not know about Grandview kids, what kind of work do they do for the community? Like who is Grandview? Grandview kids is an organization dedicated to serving children and their family with different abilities. Um, and so they're really there to help be a one-stop shop for families to sort of help them on their journey raising their children. And I think that that's why it's such a wonderful partnership because right. they've actually come into some of our programs and said, hey, your programs are great, but here's how you could tweak them to make them more inclusive for all audience members. So it's really a two-way street partnership. We get to go in and provide this community space and help them run their resource center, which will be a public library. And also they come in to make sure that our programs are as inclusive as possible. So Sarah, I know this is going to be your favorite question. We'll move on to this one. Can you share with listeners your favorite story of working at the town? You know, a funny time or maybe a time you overcame adversity or maybe your proudest accomplishment, any kind of story. 
I think what I want to talk about is what I'm proud of here in terms of the leadership style and what we've created for Ajax Public Library. And so Ajax is a really modern community. And to me, it's really important that the library be a modern place. Mm -hmm. And that's really what our team is working towards. So we want to be that place where people think of us as a place beyond just loaning books, where people think of us as a place that they can be, as a place to explore technology like our makerspace, but even a place where we're telling our stories of the past, right? right? So we've recently brought on the town's archives and we're going to be keeping our town's histories and stories, keeping it safe, but also sharing and digitizing it. Mm -hmm. So what I'm proud of is that we're sort of expanding the role of the library. We're not just about checking books in and out. Right. We're a place where people can come, they can have fun, they can talk. We're a busy place. Yeah. <laughs> We're so busy. Like I I would welcome anyone if they want to walk around a busy place in a library to go up to our Oddly branches oh, in the, the Oddly branch is amazing. It's this beautiful yeah. building that was opened in late 2019 and unfortunately due to the pandemic we shut it right down in right. 2020. And so the community, I feel like, is just sort of discovering this branch. Yeah, and finding out what they can just offer. Finding yeah. it. And they're like, wow, it's amazing. And um, you know, I was there a few nights last week and people are knocking on doors, like saying, are you using that chair? Cause we're out of chairs in oh the branch. God. Like yeah. it is busy. And so I think that's what I'm proud of is that our modern community mm-hmm. has found modern places to study, to play with their kids, uh, and to explore cool technology, like here in our makerspace. So I know the McLean branch has the makerspace. What do you think is the coolest part of the Oddly branch? The Oddly branch is a cool branch, the whole thing. Uh, It's this big, open, flexible space. But the two spaces that I really like are our children's area Mm -hmm. as well as our reading garden. So our children's area is designed for play. It's designed for kids to come in. We know that kids learn better through play than any other way, right? right? Especially our little, little ones. Uh, So that is a really family-friendly place. But the reading garden is beautiful. It's now this like outdoor sanctuary. We've got these lovely umbrellas. It's shaded. We have a garden where we regularly host our pizza garden. And that's behind the building, right? Like closer to where the splash pad is in the park, right? Yeah. So you can only access it through the library. Okay. Uh, So you come in through the library, you turn right, and you can see that beautiful reading garden. It's very flexible. And we have programs outdoor, like how to make a pizza and they grow tomatoes (laughs) and basil all summer long. And then we have this wonderful make your own pizza day. Right, which is super cool. I love that. And for the reading garden, do you ever see anybody out there in the winter? Or is that mostly more of a spring, summer, nice weather kind of thing? Well, as you can imagine, we're a four season country. So some people like me love the snow. Most people don't. So it's not (laughs) as busy during the colder winter months. Right, right. So hey, if you want some peace and quiet, maybe that's the time to go. That's the place. I'm sure you'll find a chair out there in the winter. Definitely. Thank you so much, Sarah, for everything that you shared today. It's been incredible talking to you and learning a little bit more about the Ajax Public Library. And if we could leave our listeners with something, what is the best way that listeners or residents can contact your department or the library in general? 
Well, as I mentioned, we have three branches. So of course, please come into our branches, visit us, see all the new and exciting things that the library has to offer. But all of our information about our services, our hours, locations, uh, our, um, the things that we loan in our makerspace and that we you can see and do, everything is through our website. So please Perfect. visit ajaxlibrary.ca. That's where you're going to find the most up-to-date information about our programs and services. Again, ajaxlibrary.ca. Please let that be your first landing page. Yeah, the central hub there of the website and just working in communications, I have to do a quick plug as well. Our library is amazing and they also have a Twitter account an Instagram account and a Facebook account. So any of your favorite social media channels, I recommend you follow them as they're constantly posting all the wonderful things that they're doing in our community. Well, thanks for that plug. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me today on TOA Talks. I hope this episode gives our listeners some very interesting insights about what the Ajax Library is all about. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. I'm Devin Jarvis with the Town of Ajax TOA Talks podcast. Episodes can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and on our webpage at ajax.ca slash TOA Talks. Listeners can download and listen to each episode offline or online from their personal device. If you have comments or feedback about our show, you can email corporate at ajax.ca. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk later, Ajax.